Well, they can ride in it, and they can rope in it, and if they have to, well, they can even shovel it. The real cowgirls of the WRRA, okay. Well, I'll tell you this, they don't take no lip. They're trying to win the Ranch Rodeo Championship. The real cowgirls of the WRRA. Well, they can haul hay, drive a truck, build a fence, pull a calf, don't back them in the corner, cause they might kick your ass, can cowgirl's husband, and he'll say, now they can ride in it, and they can rope in it, and if they have to, well, they could even shovel it, the real cowgirls of the WRRA. It's that time again, folks, for the Women's Ranch Rodeo Association podcast. I'm Billy Franks, and today we are going to visit with one of my favorite people and longtime sponsor of the Women's Ranch Rodeo Association, Dr. Harry Anderson. So stay tuned. Hello, Billy. Hi, Dr. Harry. Well, here we are. <laughs> we made it work, didn't we? <laughs> yes, ma'am. We're so we are so techy. Uh, well, the third luck charm. Yeah. <laughs> we're just we're getting some of the uh, some wonderful pictures and testimonials and stuff about they, they they're getting more coming all the time um in fact the the, the most recent one that came in this morning it's not about a pretty horse but it's so much as it's a pretty horse that i see the head in a water bucket <laughs> it's Liz, Liz, lizzie lizzie irison you know she used to be yeah. my hostess yeah. on rf day and she's the one that uh and this, this is timely because she's the one that about three years ago uh, called me one one really hot summer time, and she said, she "said I want to tell you." She said, "I'm I'm traveling." She was in Arkansas then. She was traveling to Montana to her folks. She got so I got out here in South Dakota and and stopped and tried to give my horses some water. Said they wouldn't drink. She said, "You know, I was scared to death because." You know, they were, I know they were dehydrating. And so she said, I just filled their buckets with water, took a great big handful of total equine, threw it in the water. She said, they drank that to the bottom immediately. And she said uh, that, she, that, and now she does that all the time. If there's any, ever a question, she just fills a bucket with water, throws some total equine in it, and they suck it to the bottom. And I've got lots of people that are traveling all the time in the summer. I've learned to do the same thing, and it has has saved the horses from colic, and I think in many cases, right. And I've done that uh, for years. You know, yeah. I don't know how many years uh, we've been together, but any time that he won't drink, I just throw that in there, and people sure. are what in the why in the heck are you who throws their feet in their water bucket? Yeah, how silly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do. Yeah. And we can, and we can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's great. So uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, some Total Equine. And I think uh, once a month we'll get together and talk about all the different products and things we both have going on with yeah. uh, with Rodeo and uh, the Total products. Because I know a lot of the girls use the Total Canine um, and their working dogs. Um, they use the Total People, of course, on themselves. Yeah. Um, the, the total bull on bucket calves and, and yearlings and stuff. So I think we can cover a lot of things to, to help some folks out. And even people that don't know what's going on with total, sure. uh, kind of educate them a little bit more, uh, sure. and let them know that we're out there and, and we're here for them. Well, say on another subject, you know, the, the, the big, uh, struggle right now is trying to figure out what's going to happen this fall or winter. Um, we, uh, Got most everything canceled already. Uh, we've had, I think, nine or ten events canceled since the 15th of March. Uh, but uh, some of the things are going to kind of open up. And you're, people listening are probably already hearing the rumors, but uh, the NFR is not going to be at Thomas and Mac in Las Vegas, period. That That's a given. Uh, they, uh, they talked about taking it over to uh, South Point and coordinating it with the uh, World Series. And by the way, the World Series is going to take place. Nobody can go watch them. Uh, and no, no vendors. <laughs> I was going to ask you how you was handling not getting to travel and seeing everybody. Well, we're, we're trying to get out there through social media. Uh, uh, it's forcing us to do what people have been telling me I need to do all along. <laughs> and that is, that is social media. And, and really, I think it might be okay to force me into uh, using this more and learning more about how to use it. And so, uh, so there, maybe that's a little bright spot coming out of here, but we've been to uh, the BFI roping, been to the Little Bridges finals, and uh, the ranch sorting finals, we've been, those are the ones we've been to now uh, since uh, the 1st of June. And by the way, uh, I think it needs to be noted that at the BFI and the Little Bridges, there were thousands of people in Lazy E at Guthrie. Now, it's not a very big arena. It's not a very big place for people to be. There are thousands of people in there, shoulder to shoulder, for a week at a time. Yep, yep. There was no out, there was no outbreak of COVID. Right, and they got the big uh, OCA going on this weekend down there. Yeah. Uh, I think Oklahoma's got it figured out. Well, maybe they've never missed a lick and have not had a problem. Right. Except uh, was there was one one person that that uh, in charge of the BFI that tested COVID, I won't tell you who it is, somebody that, that I talk to every quite quite often during that time and hugged once in a while and shook hands and, you know, the whole thing. But I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it couldn't be uh, total people helped him out either, could it? Uh, well, I think. We, I, I believe that that has helped our immune system. You know, I've, I've not talked to anybody on Total People that's had COVID. 
I tell you, you know, I know we're supposed to talk about the equine, but I can't help but yeah. but tell folks, you know, that total people, I don't know what I did without it, or I'd probably feel really crappy without it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, we can get into more detail later, but I just... Oh, yeah. Let, let's talk about total equine. Let's talk about it. Uh, my favorite topic. <laughs> one of my favorite topics with one of my favorite people. Yeah, we, we've... Uh... Uh, just uh, as a point of interest, we, you know, this whole thing um, that we're dealing with now, people are taught, they're talking about people going out of business and having the business interrupted. We're selling more feed than we did last year and the year before and the year before that. I got older customers that, that call and say, are you still open? Well, yeah, it's at my house and at my business, we're still open. And if you don't feel good about coming in, stay in your vehicle. We'll load you up. Yeah. Uh, if you don't feel safe, because we do have some older uh, people, you know, that, that has hard conditions and, and different things that they don't, ha- uh, they don't they have they to don't, be careful. They don't ha- need to get out anyway. No. And we try to make no. them stay in the truck anyway, if, if they just got out of surgery uh, on, on yeah. a normal time. And uh, sure. They haven't slowed down. You no. know, you, we still got to no. take care of our animals. Right, right. You know, animals don't know that but, it's a holiday. Animals don't know that <laughs> they don't know that, that COVID's out there. You still have to take good care of your oh, animals no. and you still have to, to do your job, um, you know, ranch wise. And even if you, you know, performance wise, you still have to keep your animals trained. For oh, yeah. when those events yeah. do open back up, and I know with the women's deal, we was kind of at a lull for a little bit and not knowing if we was going to have our finals in uh, Dodge City or not. And we made that big decision to to move since supposedly that was a hot spot, and and we're going to Oklahoma for our finals. Oh, are you? Oh, I didn't realize you're going to Guthrie. Uh, no, we're going to go to Pahuska. Oh, Pahuska. Well, that's where I first met you. I know. Isn't that something? <laughs> the full circle. Yes, yes. We're going to go to Pahuska. That's a great facility. They got a big uh, uh, building there. We can have our little trade show, and uh, the community is very welcoming. Uh, I just can't express how much the the locals are behind the girls oh, coming to town. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we was kind of, gosh, darn it, and people not knowing if they wanted to come or not. But now it's, like you say, ag hasn't stopped. Ag hasn't slowed yeah. down. We still got to no. keep going, and, and the girls are all excited. So, yeah, Bahusk, Oklahoma, uh, Halloween weekend. Oh, okay, you changed the date too then. Yep, The first time we met was in Pahuska, Oklahoma, uh, what, 12 years ago or more? 14? I, yeah, I can't I think remember. So. That, was, I remember it well because I, I gave away some feed and I ended up with some really good customers. Yeah, yeah. That, I thought, wow, this, this thing really works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's what I want, uh, and I say this all the time, we won, I don't know if we won at Pahuska, but we might have won. I can't remember. Anyway, we won a rodeo because you traveled a lot um, to our rodeos back then. 
and anyone that yeah. any team that won a rodeo got uh, five bags of feed to give to the horse on the team that we thought needed the most help in, in whatever uh, aspect, whether it be weight, okay. weight gain or whatever. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and so we gave it to the horse on our team that we thought needed the most. And this is a horse that had been seven years old for, you know, six years. And uh, we noticed, you know, more muscle gain and, and, and his chest filling out and people, when you went to the next rodeo after, you know, during that five bags were like asking, did you get a new horse? And my teammate would say, no, same old horse. Well, man, he's looking good. So when we saw that, I gave you a call and I said, Dr. Harry, I don't know what it would take to be a dealer, but I want to be a dealer. And I never was a big believer in a feed could do so much for your horse until total feeds, until total equine. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that kind of that sequence of events and that that's why we've, uh, our business has expanded over the last 10 years or 12 years, whatever it is now, I guess 12 years already. Um, since we started extruding maybe 13, but, uh, it, it's been horses being seen by other people other than their owners. And, uh, like I tell people, horses are far better salespeople on this than I am. They, you know, because that they, they see the results and that's what it takes. And that's what all you horse people, uh, want. And, and I appreciate the way you make decisions because, if I had to do, you know, hundred thousand dollars worth of research for everything I do, um, I wouldn't be able to get there. But letting a horse do it for me uh, is very good. But oh, speaking of research, you know, we've we've always talked about uh, the uh, fact that uh, horses eat less less hay when they're on total equine. <clears throat> I think that's a very important thing. Um, and we did one trial last uh, last fall. We started a trial at Sol Ross University in Alpine. Say, I met you there too, didn't we? Yes, and, yes, we was down there. <laughs> well, right, right before you get to the arena, there, there's there's the offices and there's a little research facility. So we had um, we had six six mares that uh, they borrowed from people brought them in and put three of them on uh, total equine, the way it's supposed to be fed, and three on a competitive product, a pelleted product. And what we did is we kept track of their weight, of course, and their body condition and things like that. And they had a brand new uh, walker there, preferred walker that they'd put up. And so they exercised them a certain amount of time. All, every horse got the same amount of exercise every day and so on. And uh, they, uh, <clears throat> at the end of the trial, make a long story short, at the end of the trial, uh, the the horses basically all held their weight together the way we expected they would. But what I wanted to know was um, how much hay did they eat to do that? Well, it ended up that uh, the horses on total equine did eat less, less hay. So they're 
total calorie intake was much smaller than the other group. And this is, <laughs> this blows people away. When I tell them about, you know, we can cut the calorie intake and the horses will do better. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, that's, that's what happens. And and then as a sidebar, it wasn't part of the, the, the data, but as a sidebar, I convinced this researcher, she's a young lady from from out east that's out here. She's the head of it. She's a PhD in equine nutrition. And I, I said, I, I, if you got a couple other horses, I'd like you to do this for me. I said, I would like you to take them and don't give them any hay. I just want you to feed eight pounds of total equine a day. That's it. Well, I saw the, the beads of sweat break out on her forehead. <laughs> and... And she hyperventilated a little bit. And she said, uh, really? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, will you do that? Well, okay. And so uh, when the trial started, I, I called her, you know, to check on it. And I said, well, how are the horses doing on the, the no hay? She said, well, she said, you told me just to just to just throw them on there and jerk the hay away in one 24-hour period. She said, I couldn't do it. She said, I, I took several days. I'd been inching them up. I finally got them up to eight pounds. And I said, what? <laughs> I said, I told you, just slap it on them. Well, she said, I just, I just wasn't going to kill a horse. I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> I said, they're still alive, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they are. Well, well, those those two horses went through the trial period, you know, without any weight loss, on eight pounds of tolico and no hay whatsoever. Now she said they did they did want to lick a little of the dirt once in a while. I said, well, okay, we probably didn't feed them quite enough then, you know, just a little bit more, uh, or keep enough salt in there. Yep. But but <laughs> what it did prove to her that that it can work. And uh, so I like to tell people that, you know, we're so flexible. You can you can feed four pounds a day and all the hay they want, and they'll do fine as long as you have good hay. Or you can feed six pounds a day to an average horse and a less, little less hay. Or you can feed eight pounds a day and no hay. Or you can feed free choice. And, and at any level, the horses will look good. They'll perform well. Now, the free choice, I don't recommend. We had, not a year, let's see, not this last year, the year before, I had uh, some uh, young ladies with uh, Mustangs that they were going to get ready for the Mustang makeover. I found out about it before they really got them, and I called them, and I said, uh, I'd like each of you to feed your horse free choice, totally equine, and no hay, no grass. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of them had 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 fed totally equine, and so she was comfortable with it. Well, they started feeding them, and I kind of forgot about it for a few, couple of weeks or so. I got curious, and I called Mary, and I said, "Mary, um, how much is your Mustang eating?" Just curious. Well, she said, "I uh, I've been gone for a couple of weeks on a trip up to Iowa, and I just got back, and they." told me that uh, 
he's eating just over 30 pounds a day. No kidding. I, that's, that's a I lot. Said, oh, I said, okay, he's not going to do that anymore. <laughs> so I hurried up and I, we cut him back to 12. I said, well, let's cut him back to 12. You know, that's still an awful lot, but go ahead. And uh, so I hurried up and called the two young ladies, two sisters down at College Station and uh, asked them. And she said, they're eating just oh, averaging right at 25 pounds. I said, whoa, <laughs> we're done with that. <laughs> so we, we cut them back, too. And the horses uh, came to the to the competition, looked beautiful, uh, no digestive problems, calm-headed in fact, uh, I had both all of them talk to me on the camera and tell about how uh, their training ability was wonderful. They were so calm and easy to work with, and uh, and they, they looked like a million dollars, as you can imagine. So I like to have people, uh, when I tell them, uh, you know, that this is that flexible, and if they say, well, that, that you can't do that, I said, why don't you go tell this person, this person, I can give them a list of names. Uh, and in fact, I have a lot of uh, professional people now that are not feeding any hay, especially even if they feed hay at home, they don't when they travel. Uh, and uh, like Craig Cameron, and Rhett Beach, Fallon Taylor, Dale Brisby, th those kinds of people, they're, they're feeding their horses with no hay. And getting along great. Actually, it it uh, it can save some money. Uh, literally, it you know people think, oh man, at you know anywhere from twenty to twenty two, twenty three dollars a bag, depending on where you are. I said, well, that'll break you. I said, well, how much you fit? How much you spending on hay? Well, you know, I got to have hay. Well, I, tell me how much you're spending. What are you paying for your hay? And uh, I, almost 100% of the time, except when I get in the far north country where, you know, some of you ladies up way up north, you're going to laugh at me for, you know, for, for saying this because uh, you're, you're buying hay, good hay, so cheap. But most parts of the country, hay is not <laughs> yeah, because they're they're blessed with uh, the very low cost, not cheap, low cost hay uh, and good quality hay. So, so they probably aren't too interested in this. But but even it works for anybody for various reasons. And I was telling uh, about you know the, some of the reasons. Like uh, one of the reasons is it saves money and. I can prove that in most areas of the country, and I've saved people up to a dollar, dollar and a half a day uh, by quitting the hay. Uh, we've saved a lot of horses too, of course, when those horses are, start getting bad teeth and they get to the point where they can't eat any hay and people start talking about putting them down. Uh, you don't have to. They, they can gum this stuff. Uh, we've had horses with basically no teeth live for years on it. Uh, but I was talking about uh, Tish Luke. Tish... Uh, gave me, uh, I was doing an interview with her. She's a roper out of Florida and she travels all over the country. Uh, and <clears throat> she's on the road all the time. She said, um, she said, this is great for us women. I said, oh, well, why women? Okay. She said, well, first of all, 
uh, the 40 pound bag is just a lot easier for us to handle. I said, that, well, yeah, I understand that. But she said, really, the, the thing that I like so much about it is I don't have to carry hay is she said, you pull into a place at midnight, you're on the road all day and maybe it's raining. And you said, she said, I have to crawl up on the top of the uh, trailer and throw off a bale of hay and, you know, break it open and feed it. And it's a mess. She said, now all I do is crawl up there, push a bag of total equine off, falls down on the ground, pick it up, dump some feed, and I'm gone. She said, it just made my life so much easier. And I had, it's just uh, kind of a simple thing. You don't have to carry uh, all that bulky hay and uh, you can carry a lot more feed in a small space. So there are some side benefits to that, but uh, bottom line, it, it does work. But I'd like to go back to some of my, you know, little technology that I, that I have in here. that I'm pretty proud of that, that uh, has worked all these years. Uh, and by the way, ladies, we, uh, I, I, I wrote this formula on a piece of paper in, in the year 2000. Because the guy asked me, it was actually a veterinarian asked me if I could make a formula that could feed all horses and donkeys and mules on, on the planet with one formula. And I said, you're crazy to ask, but I'll do it. And uh, of course, I always like a challenge. So I sat down one day and I wrote formula on a piece of paper with all the things that I'd kind of, you know, learned and experienced and all that, took all that stuff of, of my 30 some years experience. And I wrote them, wrote them down on a piece of paper. And uh, by the way, that's the same formula as your bit you're feeding today. Hasn't, hasn't really changed with a few slight modifications to improve things, but basically the formula is the same one I started with 20 years ago. Yeah, and, so and we're happy to get working. that. Yeah. <laughs> nutrition yeah. is nutrition, right, Doc? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and there, there's no, no, no great secrets in, in my thing. Uh, if anybody wants to, to copy an item for item and I exactly the same, they could do it. They could figure out a way to do it. But nobody has. They've all, they all want a shortcut or you know, they won't spend the money that I'm willing to spend. And that's another thing that I like to tell people is I don't care what commodities prices change up, down, sideways. Um, if, uh, if a commodity goes up in price, I have, I just have to increase my price. I will, I will not change commodities to save cost so that I can compete on price. I've never, I've never tried to compete on price, and I, I don't think I ever will because to do that you have to be flexible in changing the formula, and this formula is not does not change. If you, if you saw it, well, there've been slight ones because of uh, restrictions in commodities that we had to maybe change percentages just slightly, but this all the same commodities are all there, so. That's one thing that I'm proud of, that we've been able to survive and grow without, without ever compromising the formula for a lease cost formula. Well, <clears throat> and the quality of feed that they get and being that it's excreted, you know, and, the, and they use more of that feed, they, they get yeah. more bang for their buck. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, here's, 
And, and I, I, I don't want to get too scientific here because, you know, I know a lot of people are not interested in, in this part of it as much as I am get excited about it. But <laughs> you mentioned the uh, extrusion part. Of course, extrusion is simply a, a method of processing the fiber and the starch in it so that uh, way more of it is bioavailable or, or digestible and available to the animal in the small intestine because, you know, I, and I've talked to you about this many times, Billy, we have uh, anywhere from 70 to 90 feet of small intestine in a horse. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a long old hose in there, all coiled up. Well, during the time that feed moves through that small intestine, we have the opportunity to use all the nutrients in, in, a, in, a, in the feed, except with the exception of fiber. We're not gonna use that in that small intestine because that small intestine digests things with enzymes, not bacteria, it does not ferment. And the only way you're gonna use fiber is you're gonna ferment it uh, with bacteria and that takes place in the hind gut. That's a whole issue on its own. But I like to talk about the small intestine because we utilize the small intestine to its fullest. When we extrude, the first thing is, like I said, we, did, we disrupt the starch molecules, simplify them and expose them so that uh, if, if they dissolve in the small intestine, the enzymes will utilize those and they will all be absorbed in the small intestine. That in itself is the big safety factor of total equine and why you will never gas colic a horse. Yes, I said you will never gas colic a horse with total equine. Can you have colic with a horse that's on total equine? Absolutely. But it's not going to be from total equine uh, as the cause. It might be compaction. It might be a blockage, other things, but. Uh, because if that starch disappears in the small intestine, it doesn't get in the hind gut. And if, one, if it gets into the colon, cecum and colon, um, the they, uh, bacteria in there, they ferment raw starch very, very quickly. And that's why in pellets, there is raw starch. You, you, when you make a pellet, you just do not disrupt the starch like we do. Okay, so... If they don't dissolve in the small intestine and get disappear, gets into the, the hindgut, then it ferments and, and creates a lot of methane and carbon dioxide. Well, that's the gas that causes gall. Now let's go back to the front end again. <clears throat> the, uh, uh, the reason we extrude it is because that, will, <clears throat> that product will dissolve immediately when you put it in water. I'm sure you've all, well, Billy, you, you've seen what happens when you drop drop it in a bucket of water. Yep. Get pretty mushy pretty fast, doesn't it? Yes, sir. So so basically it dissolves the minute it hits the front end of that small intestine. And so now we have 60 or 70 or 80 feet uh, to, uh, to absorb all that stuff that it released. Now do that same thing with a handful of pellets, throw it in that water bucket, and what do you think is going to happen? They're going to sink to the bottom, they're going to lay there for several hours. Well, several hours could be that, that uh, those pellets could already be down the small intestinal ways before they ever start to dissolve, which they will. And so you don't release those critical things like 
not just the starch, but the trace minerals, the vitamins, and these other things that are the, the working part or the critical part of a diet, uh, if they get released immediately in the first few feet of small intestine, they're far more efficiently used than if they're halfway down there before they dissolve. And, and so that's another thing uh, why we extrude is so we can get those to use for several hours before they would otherwise. And, and that, and then it, there's something that becomes even more critical because of this dissolving. And that is uh, when, when the total equine hits the stomach, it's already dissolving. So it's already releasing a lot of these nutrients and making them available while it's in the stomach. They're not going to be absorbed there, but, but at least they become uh, loose by themselves. And, and that's what, when it brings up the importance of the trace minerals. Now the trace minerals have to be absorbed in the first six or seven feet of the intest, small intestine on your horse. Let me say that again. You have six or seven feet of efficient absorption space to get all the minerals absorbed. If they don't get absorbed there, they go on through the tract and may, they may not be absorbed at all. Some of them may be a little bit, but basically they're, they're not going to be absorbed. Okay, so if we dissolve it and we get them released, in so that they're available in that first six or seven feet, that's great. But we could have them uh, dissolved and made available and they still may not get absorbed like they should. Here's the reason. When, when a, a mineral, not just a major minerals, but to trace minerals get in the stomach, they're all being, they are, they're attached to some kind of an ion, like you hear the terms calcium carbonate or zinc oxide or zinc sulfate or amino acid complexes. Those are, those, what those mean are, uh, is what that particular element, the zinc or copper, manganese, calcium is attached to. Otherwise it'd be, it'd be looking for something to react to. That keeps it stable while it's in the feed, gets in the stomach. And when it gets into the real acid part of the stomach, they, what they call they dissociate the, the the zinc or calcium or copper or whatever it is lets go of whatever it was attached to and suddenly it's a free charged particle and that free charged particle is going to go out of the stomach and into this the first part of the small intestine there as a charged particle and it's going to have to find and attach to what we call a carrier protein, which is a protein molecule that can take it across the intestinal wall into the bloodstream. There's a limited number of, amount of space. There's a limited amount of this carrier protein that's available. And so whatever can get attached to that can go across. Uh, you take, uh, just to show you how uh, these things vary, zinc oxide, which you will find in commercial feed even today. In fact, I was just looking at the formula, a horse formula this morning. We're going to do some more research at Solos. And I was looking at a horse formula <clears throat> that we probably will com 
compared to, it has zinc oxide in it. Zinc oxide is about 15% available. Yes, I said 15%. That's the oldest thing we've used in feeds. I used it years and years ago when I first started because I started in the dark ages and we didn't know much back then. <laughs> <laughs> they were the dark ages. And... And, but since then, we've learned to use zinc sulfate, which is more efficient. It's probably around 60% available, um, based on a lot of estimates. And then uh, even that was better than zinc oxide. But then along came the amino acid complexes, like Zinpro and um, Alltech has their protein H and those things. They were better yet. We used those for years because they were more efficient than they were uh, metallic ones, we called them. And so uh, we went along like that. But they all compete for that first six to seven feet. So they all have to be bunched in there. Well, if they move through too fast or if they don't get released from a pellet during that six or seven feet, where do they go? They go on down the track and they don't get up. They don't get absorbed at all. I use what we call the chelate. The chelated form is a form of amino or yeah, an amino acid, the very smallest amino acid there is out of the 22 that are important. This is the tiniest one. And I'll use the tiniest one because it moves through the intestinal tract the, the easiest. And this chelate, when, when you chelate something, you, you basically make it inert. It doesn't react with anything under most conditions. So this chelate goes into the stomach goes through the acid part, does not dissociate, goes into the small intestine, is not absorbed in the first six or seven feet. Now you say, what are you talking about? Didn't you just say they have to be absorbed there? All the others do. This chelate, the way it's made, it goes on down the tract to where it can be absorbed anywhere in that small intestine. And it goes through the intestinal tract with ease. And that's what makes almost 100% bioavailable to the animal. That's part of the secrets of why total equine works so well against other products. It may not be the major, I know it's not the major ingredients. It's these little things that make it work. Then, so, so that's very important. Then the other, the third part of my uh, thing that I like to talk about of why this works is, is a compound or a product called Ascophyllum nodosum. You don't have to know that name. You look on the tag, and if you'll read the ingredient list, you'll find the term dried kelp meal in it. That's, that's this form, that's the seaweed. The nodosum is simply the species name of the kind I use, but it's dried kelp meal. This dried kelp meal kills E. coli and other gram-negative bacteria in the hindgut and the intestine. Keeps a clean, clean gut. So we have a very healthy gut. It keeps those bacteria down at a lower level. Those bacteria, those gram-negative bacteria, typically are ones that are acid producers when they ferment. They produce a lot of acid. And when they produce acid, the pH in the stomach then gets more acid. And the lower that gets, the less fiber they digest. Control that. And so good bacteria 
This is a good guy, bad guy deal. The good bacteria, the better bacteria that allow the pH to stay up at a higher level are very, very efficient at, at uh, digesting fiber. That is why that we, uh, we get uh, uh, better fiber digestion with total equine than we do others, other feeds. It's because it controls the negative aspect of it. That, that research has been done. So that was first done at North Dakota State University and uh, has held up and out in the field too. So we have the three things. <clears throat> then once, once we get these things kind of done and we get these nutrients into the bloodstream more efficiently, and here's where the ascofondidosum also has another great, great impact. And that is, for some reason, it, it causes a vasodilation from blood vessels in the body. Just, I don't know if it reacts, but they expand. You, it's like getting um, a three-quarter inch hose instead of a five-eighths inch hose and pour, putting water through it. You get way more water through it with less pressure with the bigger hose. We get more blood mold moving through the body. Well, that creates an awful lot of positive things. One of the things that it starts to uh, it increase, it enhances our immune system quite, quite a bit. And that's documented in science too. Texas Tech University did that showed that the immune system is much enhanced with this ascofondidosum in the diet. And the other thing is, think about when uh, somebody uh, complains about, well, my horse just has hoofs. They just they won't stay together. They, they chip and they crack and they can't keep shoes on and they don't, they don't grow very well. Da -da -da -da. That has to do with inadequate nutrients getting to that growth area of that foot. <clears throat> if you can open those blood vessels, and by the way, founder or, or laminatic problems typically are caused by something that compromised blood flow above that hoof area. Injury, uh, you know, uh, histamine production from uh, uh, too much fermentation in the hindgut too fast from early grass or uh, from um, putting raw starch in there from some commercial pellet feed. Uh, that's, that's why that happens. It, it causes a constriction of the blood vessels. If you put ascopondidosum in there and the blood vessels open up a little bit, we avoid those problems, first of all. And secondly, when you get more blood, more nutrients, especially these chelated trace minerals into that hoof area, they, they are there, the trace minerals are there to start the reactions of growing a hoof. That's a chemical process. And you have to have a trace mineral to start every chemical process in the body, especially in that hoof area, to build tissue faster and that's why horses on totally equine will typically uh, grow a brand new hoof every five months or slightly less. It's customers have taught that to me of what, how that was happening. But when the first customer told me that, I kind of called them a liar and they didn't like it. Absolutely. That wasn't very smart now, was it? Because that too was beyond me that a horse could grow a hoof that fast. But since then, I've had a lot of people show me that, that they do on total equine 
which is about half the time of they, they will in nature all by themselves. They, they tend to grow a new set of hooks every five or every 10 to 12 months if, if they're just out on grass and hay and something like that. That's a big benefit, folks. Uh, we save a lot of horses uh, from being thrown away that they could not keep their, their feet under them. And, and they start growing a good hoof, uh, hold their shoes and everything. And by the way, farriers love us. If, you, uh, if you're using total equine, just ask your farrier about the quality of hooves on your horses compared to people that aren't using total equine. And they see it and they comment on it all the time. So, so it has to be, be real. So those are some of the things that, uh, that's important. Oh, by the way, the other thing about the ascothamnidosum is it contains a sugar uh, that's called fucose sugar, F-U-C-O-S-E. Not fructose, but fucose. And if you Google that, Google that, you'll find some very interesting things about it uh, that have been known for years, but we've never talked about it in the feed industry. Fucose is a sugar that's found in the synaptic area of your nervous system or that of a horse where there's an opening between nerve pieces in the body that, that it's a, you know, your nerves in your body are not a long string. They are a series of little nerve pieces and nerve impulses have to bounce from one to the next, to the next, to the next, to go anywhere. And they're chemically, uh, they're carried chemically across these synaptic areas and in that synaptic area that you have to have uh, sodium and potassium and calcium and magnesium and acetylcholine, and you find fucose in there. Well, here's a supply of fucose that's only found in a few major plants and ingredients worldwide, but we, we tend to walk around with maybe an inadequate level, I don't know. But you add more purposely, and it helps the nervous system run more smoothly without overreacting. <laughs> People listen to us. At least they'll be entertained to know that we're human and we make it <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I prove every day that I'm not perfect. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so I think I kind of, Billy, that's kind of, uh, I guess, my basic uh, thing I wanted to get across. What questions do, would you have that you think you, you've been hearing? Well, you know, I get a lot of questions on the extrusion, and we really covered that good. And I think that's very important that people know how things digest and why it is extruded and that they get more out of the feed than what they do with, with a pellet or a whole grain. Sure. I think that is very important. And, and on the road, we've, we've kind of touched base with that. When I'm on the road, he has total equine in front of him as much as he can have in front of him. You know, there you not, go. I forgot that. A yeah. morning or an afternoon feeding. It's, all the time and, and if yeah. the water is not that good just throw a handful in there that's yeah. that is the best travel wise and i got a funny little story here while i'm thinking about it we had a lady uh kind of concerned about their horse founder and we kind of covered that 
um, you know, what if what if my horse gets gets out of the pen because he's an escape artist, and sometimes he gets into the tack room where I keep my feed. And and Chet was standing there, and in, in all seriousness, he says, "Well, you do know what you do if your horse gets out and, and gets into the total equine." You know, in all seriousness, they said, "No, Chet, what?" And he says, "Well, apparently, you're not feeding him enough. Give him some more feed." <laughs> yeah. You know. And, and she just looked at him awful funny, like he can't he can't founder eating too much of this feed. And I know you have a lot to worry about with other things that you feed of them getting too much of whatever it is. But and we touched based on that earlier um, oh, yeah. with Mustangs, you know, they was eating so much. Oh yeah. No. The feed, it's not hurting them, but after a certain amount, they just don't need it. Yeah, it's not helping them. Yeah. Right. And, and I get a lot of folks and still on that same level that feed their horse, like in a bunk or, or in a big trough, depending on what part of the country you're from, you know, worried about one horse eating more or too much. Well, he can't, you know, it's, it's free choice. If you're feeding 20 horses to dump that feed out, they're going to get what they need. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's a point uh, if you're bunk feeding like that and you there are horses, some eat fast, some eat slow. Da, 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 so. uh, but that hog that can gulp a bunch of pellets, you know, and start and really, really eat fast, they slow down with old equine. You notice how dry it is. And when when they take that in their mouth and they, they bite down on it, it turns to powder. And a powder in that mouth makes that mouth just a little bit dry. They have to, to work it just a little bit to get more saliva with that powder than they would just gulping a bunch of pellets and being able to swallow them. That will slow up some of these fast-eating horses and make everybody eat a little closer to the same rate. Just a sidebar. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm glad you I forgot that, and I'm glad you brought that up, Yeah. you know, that it slows them down. And I know that that we had a uh, a mare once that Chet didn't think she was fat enough, you know. And we tried to give her more feed, and she didn't eat more feed than what I was already given her. She was full. You know, yeah, they yeah. stop when they get full. That's right. That that's a very very important biological thing happening there. Is the satiety center the or the satisfaction center of the brain? When, when you get enough food, you, your brain says, oh, I'm, I'm okay. I don't need any more food. They get that way faster with total equine than they do with pellets. They can eat way more than they need before that satiety center is stimulated and they stop eating. Uh, it's like I can eat so fast that I can get way too much food before my brain says, hey, shut it down, boy. And uh, <laughs> not so much anymore. I've, I've learned over oh, for 70 some years and that, you know, they don't have to happen. But, 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 but that's, that's an important part of this. The quicker those nutrients are made available to the bloodstream, the sooner that that satiety center is going to be stimulated and they're going to say, okay, I'm happy. And that's why you'll see them eat for a while and walk away. And, go drink some water, maybe eat a little hay or look around, then go back and eat some more a little later. 
Right. So the brain the brain's fed. Okay, stop for a while. Stop for now. Yeah, and I and I feed my horses uh, the same amount year round. Uh, if if we are have a busy part of the year and we're shipping or processing or whatever, they get fed more. But <laughs> they might they might leave feed even though I'm putting it in front of them. You know? Yeah, you you find that they, they get by with basically a standard size feeding no matter what their activity level is. What you're saying? Yes, sir. And and I don't yeah. see any change in their in their energy or their. Uh, ability to do their jobs right i was just looking at and i, and I look at tags all the time of course but and and I, what i'm going to tell you is pretty much standard for pelleted products okay not, not just anybody in particular uh you look at the feeding program for a pelleted feed and it will say uh idle horse say a thousand pounds be five pounds a day uh, light work, uh, five and a half or six pounds a day, modest work, a little more, heavy work, more than that. You will find most uh, feeding directions on pelleted products that will range all the way from five or six pounds up to 10 pounds a day, <laughs> depending on their activity level. And, 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 and I shake my head, you know, why, why don't you let the horse change their energy intake and protein intake with their forage, which is what they do. And we give them the ability. Well, here's a good point. If Say you're feeding a pelleted product at five or six pounds a day, and the horse is eating 20 pounds of hay, which be, wouldn't be too far away. And you start feeding total equine at four pounds a day. And the horse drops its hay intake to 15 pounds. Whoa, what happened? That's a little bit of stuff. Well, we, we gave it the ability to get so much more out of it that they just didn't need as much to meet their demands. And in the process, we reduced the volume in that hind gut, right? Where we, we've just taken about six pounds or maybe seven pounds of total dry feed that they don't have to eat each day that's not in that hind gut while it's being digested. And for every three or for every pound of dry feed a horse consumes, it has to drink three and a half pounds of water. So suddenly we've taken, uh, you know, about six or seven and three and a half, about, we've taken about 26, 28 pounds of, of uh, weight out of that, that gut, just bingo. Real quick. Yeah, and I think uh, they'll see a difference in what their horses look like, uh, like the gut. They don't have that big old, like a hay belly or a no. belly when they're doing this because they're more satisfied after they eat their total equine. They're just, we reduce, they're just not eating we to eat. Yeah, we reduce the pregnant gelding syndrome. <laughs> that when you stand when when you stand behind a a, a a gelding or mare, and but this gelding looks like he's pregnant because his belly pooches out a little on each side, both sides. I call that the pregnant gelding syndrome. That disappears. I've had people tell me they 
after they on total equine a while, they've had to take their back cinch up two full two full notches. I don't doubt that. <laughs> so that that's a, that's sure enough a benefit. But uh, I I like the uh, and and I I was going on about the uh, mentality and calmness when I couldn't hear you. I guess uh, I didn't hear a response from you. Well, yes, I I have. Um, in the past, I've had a couple of uh, horses that had a uh, I don't know, a traumatic uh, young training, and they were pretty jacked up. And oh yeah, you know, you you, you never want to fall asleep a horseback anyway. But you sure enough paid attention to everything, and they never did get totally over that. And that I think that's just from how they were, you know, broke and everything. But it it calmed them down a little bit so they wasn't as, as bad, you know? Right. Yeah. It just helps them deal with unknowns easier. And that's, yes, that's why it is. And, yeah. and not as nervous about, about things. I mean, there's always, right. there's always a little watchy, Yeah. but I don't think you can get over watchy, you know, just pay attention, but mm -hmm. I could really tell a difference after that was, was on it a while and, and for years. Yeah. Yeah. but I, I can't say enough good and I know I've, I've said this a hundred times I never was a big believer in one feed could could take care of you but equine can totally equine can well uh, that's that's a normal response you and about uh, 20,000 other horse people have said <laughs> the same thing to me and, and I grew up around horses I mean I've always had a horse. Yeah. I've always been in the ranching community. So it's not like I just got into it. So, yeah. And, and growing up, it's whatever we grew, you know, we might feed corn. Oh, yeah. we, we might feed corn one year. We might feed oats one year, you know. Well, I grew up, I grew up have. in, I grew up in North Dakota with draft horses and we, we fed uh, prairie hay and oats. Period. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Funny, they did okay, but they could have done so much better. <laughs> yeah, thank, thankfully, uh, through your formula, and and we're getting the more out of our horses. I know I have a few customers that have older horses that, you know, performance <laughs> horses that they don't want to put down, and, and they want to take oh, care yeah. of them, and they're like 30 years old and they look like they're, you know, 10 or 12 years old and they've right. turned around and they just can't believe what difference they make. And, and they, and they move good. You know, they're, you know, it's just like they're young horses. And I know we've said like, you know, if you don't see a difference, like after five bags on a, a normal horse, I did have one lady with an old horse that told me she could tell a difference after five days. Well, I've had people tell me, yeah, that quick. I, I'm not sure what they're seeing, but they're they're telling me. I'm not telling them. Oh, by the way, a uh, couple of old horses last winter, uh, it's a year ago this winter. I don't know if he's still alive now or not, but there was a 40-some-year-old horse in Alaska that teeth were gone. They're going to put it down. So I said, no, 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 no. Just put it on eight pounds total equal and see what happens. Well, they sent me a video during the winter of this 40-some-year-old horse trotting around through the woods. It I, I blew me away. I thought that was really something, but I have a picture now 
in my in my phone of a um, a horse in Oklahoma that is fifty years old. No kidding. They and and you can question it all you want, but they have a brand inspection with a picture of this horse in Colorado, dated in in the spring of nineteen seventy. That's that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's an Arab. I mean, you can tell it, it has Arab blood in it at least. <laughs> uh, and Arabs tend to they tend to live longer than other breeds, but still, fifty years. <laughs> that's a that's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. Now I have a, yeah. have some customers, and we we talked about putting the feed in the water that make what they call a little slurry because they no longer you know they can't grind anymore and but they can you know once yeah. they make it make a little slurry type of thing that's how they feed their older horses yeah well i was um with somebody were talking about that and they they rope with pam minnick and they said oh yeah they said pam minnick makes a slurpee out of hers <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was cool. Yeah, and and we talked about uh, earlier when you was talking about you know our guaranteed analysis and comparing to other feeds. You know, ours. You know, no one's ever told me that they've seen a change in their total quant. Now I've had people tell me that they see a change in their other feed, but over yeah. like twelve years, I've never seen a change. In, in my feed. No, no, you shouldn't. So, you know, going back to you, you say that, you know, you will not take an inferior whatever mineral or, or whatever you're putting in there. Yeah. The feed is going to be the feed. Going to be the same as it was last year and the year before and yep. year before that. Okay. Um, and we talked about the hooves in our, in our uh, horseshoers earlier and my horseshoer has a total equine total feeds banner up in his shop <laughs> uh, I've got customers you know they, they're concerned about their hooves and this and that or something else you know with their horses and they talk to the horseshoer about that and he says you just need to drive three miles up there and see Billy and buy some total equine <laughs> sounds, sounds simple to me Right, and I know we talked about this um, a couple of months ago about the lady that's horse just kind of had the blahs and 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 totally equine, and we haven't figured out what the blahs are yet, but totally equine took the th took her horse out of the blahs. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> so, I've seen I've seen horses that kind of look disinterested and stuff. I guess that's the blahs. Huh? <laughs> I guess so, but. It makes you feel good to help people out with with their horses, uh, and we and we've got people with mules and donkeys too on it here around oh, yeah. the house that are extremely pleased. We got a miniature donkey lady that shows all over the country that uh, that is a true believer in the in the total equine. Oh yeah! So it's not just it's not just. Uh, Cowboys or, or ropers, you know, in this area, no. feeding. Oh no, all horses benefit from this. 
Yes, sir. And and that, that's a that's a point of I'll get a call and they'll say, Yeah, my I got a horse kind of gaining too much weight and I've I've cut it back to two pounds or I've cut it back to one pound of total equine. I say, just a minute. You just went backwards. Gets real <laughs> quiet on the other end of the phone. What do you mean? I said, I said if you want to see them lean up, you just increase the total equine. <clears throat> really? Yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. Well, I said, I know it doesn't make sense, but but that's the way it works. You 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 never cut back on total equine below the four pounds. If your horse gets a little pudgy, you got to cut the roughage. But that's where they're getting the energy. Right. They're getting it out of the hay grass. Right, and we run our horses uh, here on on fescue most of the year. And when it goes to getting really potent, and and after we fertilize it, so because we're going to hay it, we pull them off of of that fescue. But they're they're out on grass. They have uh, hay free choice, and they have totally equine every night when they come in. And sometimes they don't touch the hay at all. Yeah, <clears throat> but and I tell people that uh, this young tender grass, it's, especially when it's you know two, three, four inches tall, and so just beautiful little leaves. So that's the enemy of a horse. That's the worst thing you can feed a horse uh, because of the sugar in it. It's like feeding candy bars to kids. So so they need to uh, watch watch that and uh, limit graze or pull them off while it's that young and tender. You're wise to pull them away when it's first starting to regrow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, you can tell a difference. And then we've done that for years. And you can't tell a difference when you pull them off that grass because they're getting all they need from that feed. Oh, yeah. You're not going to be denying of anything. No, sir. So other than that, they love that sugary grass. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is true. Yeah. Oh, but by the way, I I encourage people uh, people that are listening to this. If you have any specific questions or you'd like to uh, argue with me on any point that I've talked about, uh, feel free to call me. Yes, and and they are amazed that you actually you personally answer your phone. You don't have some. I only have one phone in the company. <laughs> this is a small outfit. Yeah, it's the same phone number I've always got a hold of you on. Yeah. I've I've carried this number for almost forty years. <laughs> you know, Billy, I didn't I didn't believe what you was telling me, so I called Doctor Harry Anderson. <laughs> there you go. And, and he said, oh. he said the same thing you did. So I guess I'll come and get some feed. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, I, well, I hope everybody that I work with, it has, it has the understanding to tell them the same story. And I think a lot of them do. And I know you do. Yes, sir. And, and we don't, we don't, uh, we don't have any dealers that don't feed the feed. I mean, they can actually show the people yes. 
what the animals look like and the and they oh, have yeah. experience with the feed. It's right. not just yeah, we carry this because you want it. We, we have right. experience with the feed, and and we're here to help people with their animals, and makes us feel good. You bet. So, um, totalfeeds.com. Totalfeeds.com is the website, and you call me at 620-272-1065. And I know a lot of you probably don't answer 620-prefix calls anymore, because I don't. The, the telemarketers have figured out how to uh, use all of, your, all of the area codes in Kansas now that they come and and i'm suspicious of every one of them because they're selling me insurance or let's see they want to loan me money or you know <laughs> health insurance health insurance yeah health insurance that's, that's the big one that's yeah. big and now now they've they've gotten smarter yet they it'll come in with a looks like a company name on it not just a number but it'll come in with maybe a ranch name or something on it. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh yeah, that they just started that, and and here it is, a solicitor. Goodness gracious! <laughs> well, but but, but, but if you Doctor Harry, you just tried to sell him some feed. You bet. Let let uh, just uh, <laughs> yeah, I've done that. <laughs> uh, actually, actually, I made a sale that way one day. <laughs> to a, I think I forget what she was selling, but by the time we got done, she was going to go buy some feed. Go, go buy some total people so she could handle the, uh, the obnoxious people on the other end. There you go. <laughs> so if if I don't answer right away, leave a message and I'll get back to you. Yes, Dr. Harry, we'll get back to you. And like I say, a lot of the lot of girls will call me even if they're not in Kansas. Uh, looking for feed, uh, I'm more than happy to help you out or answer any of your questions, uh, Ranch Rodeo girls, um, at the rodeos or wherever. Check us out because we are here to help you out. Okay. Tell, tell me again the, the dates for your rodeo this year. It's going to be the 30th and the 31st of October. All right. I'm going to put it on my calendar to see if I'm well, available. See. We haven't seen you in such a long time. No, I know, I know. You know, that's pretty part of the country, too. I know, I love that area. Yeah. You know, not quite as pretty as the Flint Hills, but close. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, they all say all just pretty. parts of the country, don't we, Dr. Perry? Oh, yeah, you bet. We enjoy all parts of the country. Uh I can't think any more questions on my total equine um, that I normally get from folks. I know okay. that uh, one question I get that I have wrote down here on my notes because we covered most of them is, and you kind of covered it also with, you know, active horse, non-active horse, how much do I feed? And my question to them is, do you follow your label on that other feed? Yeah. I know most people don't. You know they don't feed the label level, and uh, so so I, I I'm very insistent about this. If you got a thousand pound horse, feed four pounds in good quality. If you have a fifteen hundred pound horse, feed six pounds. You know, and 
And oh, by the way, but if you get into those big draft horses, they'll eat less than what I recommend. They'll they get by them on less than what you would calculate for an eighteen hundred pound or two thousand pound horse. They're very efficient, so so they they can violate my general rule of a pound for every two hundred fifty pounds. <laughs> Well, you know, that that just goes back to what we were saying, that they'll tell you when they're full. Oh, yeah. They know when yeah. they're full. They're not going to eat too much. Other, other right. than... Okay, <laughs> you ready for the fun part? Because, you know, okay. we're completely off, off the subject and, and let everybody know that we're, it's just fun. Okay. For this. Okay, we're going to have five questions here. Uh, what impresses you the most? In general, honest people. <laughs> well, you we've got two of them right here, don't we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What makes you smile, Doctor Harry? A nice compliment. <laughs> A nice compliment, you, you, and you get them every day, don't you? Oh, we hear a few. <laughs> a few. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite childhood memory? Oh my gosh. Um, I guess hunting with my rifle and my dog, roaming the countryside when I was about nine or 10 years old. <laughs> I knew it was going to be outside. I knew it was going to be outside. <laughs> what is your favorite movie quote? Are you a movie watcher? Oh, I don't watch too many, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's an exact quote. quote. Uh, yeah, I, let's see. I like the when <laughs> in, in, uh, uh, when John Wayne was tipping the bottle a little out in the mountains and, and he fell off his horse and he couldn't get up and he couldn't get up, so he... he at the end of the day, and he says, we're camping right here <laughs> and points beside him. <laughs> that is a riot. <laughs> the way he does it. <laughs> right here. I remember here. that part. I remember that part. <laughs> oh, shoot. What is, what is the strangest thing that you've ever eaten? Strangest thing that I've ever I've eaten. Some mighty strange stuff. Well, the strangest, I guess, was uh, uh, kidney, kidney and gravy. When I was in Australia, they tend to eat a lot of innards. And I just had to eat some kidney and gravy, and that's probably the strangest. Yeah. And I've never heard of that, kidney and gravy. Oh, yeah. That's an English thing. Mm -mm. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I, you know, just real quick. I have had guys uh, take that totally coin and pop it in their mouth just to see what it tastes like since it smells so good. Oh, yes. Well, the, I've, I've got pictures of little kids eating it like candy. Do like you think popcorn. it's the fiber? I, it, I don't know, but they, they don't. Little, little kids will eat that like candy. <laughs> And it doesn't hurt them. No, not at all. Not at all. I, I had uh, some one 
couple send me a picture from California of their little two-year-old eating out of the bucket, feed bucket. They said every morning to keep those little kids entertained while they were feeding the horses, they just set a bucket of total equine there, and this little kid would just sit down and start nibbling on it. Oh, that's <laughs> You've helped so many people in so many different ways. We thank you. Okay. We well, thank you very much. I look forward to doing it again. Okay, and we'll be doing this like once a month, so everybody can stay tuned, and we'll we'll color, cover another product because we got a lot of product yeah. to cover. You bet. We'll do it. All righty. Thanks, Doctor Harry. Thanks. Thanks. Bye bye. year in standings as of August the 9th we have four teams as qualified for the year in we have 16 teams so far qualified to go to the finals like Dr. Harry and I talked about earlier the finals will be in Pahuska, Oklahoma October the 30th and 31st go to our website womentrainsradio.org for more information or our Facebook page we also have Instagram and Twitter if you want to check us out there we have a lot of rodeos left uh, Nebraska Texas Kansas the very next rodeo coming up is going to be August the 30th in Roaring Springs and that starts at 9 a.m. so if you're down around that area um, Sunday August the 30th check them out alright so the four teams that are in the running so far for a year end are Turpin Cattle Company with 130, Cactus Flowers 131, High Plains Cowgirls 132, and Pushard Cattle Company at 133. If you'd like more information on Total Feeds, you can call me or Dr. Harry, or you can go to the website totalfeeds.com. Dr. Harry's number is 620. 272-1065. My number is 620-326-1083. We'll catch you next time because we got quite a few interviews coming up from Duncan, Oklahoma, which was our first rodeo. I still owe you that. Longton, Kansas, Lamar, Colorado, and Okalala, Nebraska. So check back with us and we will have more information for you. Thanks a bunch. <laughs>